This is a City of Crestview podcast. Welcome to Season 4 of Civic View, your exclusive source to the inner workings of your local government. We created Civic View to inform and educate our community on all things Crestview, and we are excited to keep that going with another season of spotlights, history, events, and all the awesome things that make Crestview such an amazing place to live. So, let's get started. Hello, Crestview, and thank you for joining me for um, another episode of Civic View. This episode of Civic View, I should stop saying another episode. It makes it seem like you didn't enjoy the last one, and I know that you did, or you wouldn't be here for this one, Um, or you just get forced to listen to it. I guess you don't get forced to listen to it in the mornings on the radio. You choose to. I mean, 7 a.m. is a choice, right? 7 a.m. is a choice for the radio, I think. So I'm joking. All jokes aside, no, uh, another great episode of Civic View. Uh, We're into season four now because I decided we were into season four. Uh, and, uh, so, um, this week I, I wanted to, it's, we're, we're smack into hurricane season here right now, knock on wood. There are, um, actually no storms, at least as of yesterday in the tropics. Now there are some in the Pacific, but right now that's not our problem. So, uh, (laughs) that was rude, wasn't it? Um, uh, so, um, Knock on wood again. Yeah, knock on wood again. Um, so actually what we're going to do is we're going to talk about um, hurricane stuff. And I, I can just hear the groan. Oh, man, come on. You, you've done that a few times. This one's a little bit different, actually. So um, instead of me just telling you, hey, go get your hurricane guide from the county. Here's some places you can get your resources. We're actually going to talk about some of the things um, that the city does during a storm. Yep, done one of those too. But that was with Wayne and Tim. That one's a little bit different. Um uh, that one was City Hall. Actually, this time what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how our first responders uh, deal with preparing for a storm, what happens during the storm, um, and then uh, in, in a, a big part of what we do after the storm because that's um, when everyone really really gets to work, right? I mean, we get to work some before the storm. Of course, when we hit a certain point during the storm, it's you know we kind of have to protect ourselves, but then afterwards we really we really get going. So. Um, that's a long intro. So to talk about those things, I have uh, Major McCollum from the Crestview Police Department. Uh, Major McCollum, thank you for being here. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. It's I, I heard uh, through the grapevine that you were kind of a fan of the podcast. Is that correct? Yes. Awesome. I'm a loyal fan. I've uh, listened to every episode. Every episode? Every single one of them. I haven't listened to every episode. <laughs> I can't believe that. I'm going to be honest. I haven't listened to every episode I mean, either. So. Obviously, I listened to them when I edited them. I just meant like an after. Did you know I made the newspaper last week? The Crestview News Bulletin? Above the Fold? I I, I, I think I, think I remember week. that. I don't read the newspaper, but oh. I'll listen to your podcast. See, but I read the newspaper, and I saw that in the newspaper. All so right. We got <laughs> so, 360 degrees there you of go. coverage. So that other voice that I have here is uh, Captain um, Winkler with the uh, Crestview Fire Department. And Captain Winkler, thank you so much for being here. And to avoid me fumbling over myself, Captain Winkler is Corey. Yes. And uh, Captain, I think, Captain, <laughs> that's why I didn't want to do it. <laughs> Major McCollum is Brian. So, guys, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, we've had a long day today, so I really appreciate you all coming into the studio here and um, and doing this. So, um, where are we going to get started? So, where we're going to get started is we got a storm 
coming. We're not going to go with that, you know, it's 48 hours out or, or 72 hours out, which there's planning that starts happening even then, right? But we're not going to bore you with all that kind of stuff. It's gas and vehicles. It's getting guys on shifts. It's everyone getting their go bags. It's us getting ready to decide if we want to activate our um, emergency operations here at City Hall. There's a whole lot of stuff that goes on, but it's kind of boring, so we're not going to talk about that stuff. Plus, I've talked about it before. Um, so what we're going to talk about is what happens 24 hours out. So at 24 hours out, the three of us sitting in this room, we're activated. We are on until someone gives us the, hey, you can go home and take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that can be anywhere from, you know, 12 hours to, well, probably going to be more like 24 to a week, honestly, for mm-hmm. real, if the storm's bad enough. Let's hope we don't have to deal with anything like that. Um, but But we have training. And we have um, other people that we work with that have training and all those kinds of things, and we have a good team in place. But what I want to talk about is what starts happening then. So um, uh, I'm actually want to start with Captain Winkler here, um, or Corey, excuse me. Uh, what what are once we hit 24 hours, we know the storm is coming in our area. You know, maybe we don't know if we're on the left side or the right side. Maybe we don't know if it's a Cat Three, Cat Four, Cat Two, but we know it's coming. So you know, we've told everyone, hey, if you didn't leave. Well, you messed up. <laughs> so now you gotta now you gotta hunker down. So uh, what what does the fire department start doing? So the the most important thing, especially during uh, a hurricane or uh, some kind of major disaster, we're gonna make sure that we have all of our personnel in place. So uh, usually that entails that we're gonna have two shifts of personnel. It's going to usually be the shift that's supposed to be on duty and then also the oncoming shift. And that way we have we maintain that continuity uh, that we have personnel at all times. They're, they're going to be required to stay here. Now their families are going to be allowed to evacuate, but they're not going to be allowed to leave. They're going to be on standby. Uh, and then next, we're going to make sure that we uh, move our apparatus, our fire trucks and stuff accordingly. Uh, typically, we'll move those to Station 3 because it's it's the largest station and it can house all of our fire trucks. And it's really the best and strongest fire station that we have. It's our newest fire station. And it was designed to be better suited against hurricane winds versus our other two okay. stations. So. So we'll start doing that, and then from there, uh, making sure that you know we have other resources, you know, fuel stuff like that. And so we got so you know when we're like seventy-two hours out to forty-eight hours out, we're doing some staging. That's that's what that is. But when we get in that twenty-four, you guys are doing your kind of like final staging and what I would call maybe like placement and things like that too. Right. Getting getting in place, getting ready. Um, is that kind of similar uh, to what you guys have going on with PD? Or? Same traffic. We um we release all the non-essential personnel to go home. We have a clear delineation of who's essential and who's non-essential. If you happen to be one of the lucky ones work in a shift during the time when the decision's made, uh, usually we'll have uh, some, some individuals that are off that'll come in and cover the shift while that, that crew is allowed to go home for a few hours to do their final preparations. Uh, then just like with the fire department, uh, get your go bag, come back into work and you stay until you're released. Yeah. Um, so excuse me. Uh, so, so we're at that point now we're still, uh, of course, I'm going to go ahead and speak for, we don't have dispatchers here right now. We do, we do have dispatchers that work for us. They are here um, at city hall, which is our, one of our safer structures. And, and that's actually where our uh, emergency operations is, um, and stuff. So, um, I guess I'm allowed to say that. I'm sure. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's classified. <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> so, so they're here. So they're, they're on, they're on shift two. I, I believe we do two shifts with them. 
Right, I'm just going to say more that. than likely. Yes. And Lindsay's yeah. going to be messaging me later. Like, what did you say? Anyways. <laughs> um, so, but we're prepared with them too. Uh, and, and, um, so we're, we're taking calls. Um, now we do hit a point where we, it's not long. It's not safe for us to be out on the roads any more than it is, uh, for our citizens or anyone else. Right. So, and, and, um, so typically that's around 45 miles an hour of sustained wind. And once that happens, what happens? I'll, I'll go with you, Brian. What happens? We we uh, we have an order. Uh, it's a take shelter order, and when we receive that, uh, we know that basically the uh, hurricane is making landfall, and that it's unsafe to be out on the road. So even though there may be emergencies that that occur, uh, we do not respond to them. So if you were one of the, the brave ones that stayed um, and you need emergency services, unfortunately, once we hit that threshold of 45 miles an hour, there's nothing that we can do. Um, so we find a safe place. Uh, we'll go to either one of the uh, uh, shelters, wherever we find our, ourselves at that certain place and just stay and just right. ride out the storm with everyone. We don't have a central meeting place, sure, uh, because well, all I mean, the officers are, are out taking, patrolling. Yeah, I mean, you're still doing your job up until right. you get the order to. So, to so we would generally go to uh, Davidson, Shoal River, whichever has been uh, designated as a shelter, and ride it out with everyone else. Okay, now, <clears throat> so like, so like we said, that that's an that's an order. You usually get that because of something that's happening within within the because it's simply the type unsafe. Of what's going on with storm? Right? Because right. you know, because this, you might think, okay, well. I mean, we have thunderstorms with straight line winds sometimes that are 45 miles an hour. First of all, those are gusts. They're not sustained. Correct. Also, what you have to remember is during a storm like this, typically it's been raining for at least 24 hours before we get to this point of the storm. What does that mean? That means the ground's soaked. That means the the trees are soaked. Um, then you get 45 miles an hour of sustained wind. A lot of people don't realize this. That's a, that's a lot of natural force. That will knock over... A tree that's in loose ground, mm -hmm. uh, which happens once the ground gets soaked, which mm -hmm. we stay at almost half the time anyways because we have these consistent summer thunderstorms and things like that. And so uh, then we get seven inches of rain in 24 hours. <laughs> and, you know, like it's just it's just a bad deal. Branches come down, power poles come down, all those kinds of things. So it's it, that's why I said if you haven't left at 24 hours – Good luck. I mean, you, you need to. That's the point, right? Because we Absolutely. don't we don't need. I understand sometimes that there's situations where you might not be able to leave the area. That's when you go to a shelter, right? Mm -hmm. That's when you get to the shelter because you're you're in the same same place where the police are going to be, right? So right. so so do that. You know, if you can't get out, you know, go to the shelter. It's not best to stay in your home because you can't get emergency services to you or or from the fire department. So. A tree falls, you have a gas line break, and a fire starts. You know, when you and I did a little video project, Corey, we we talked about um, some fire safety during a hurricane, and something that hadn't even dawned on me. You know, we're going through the list of things that people should purchase, and you're like, you got to make sure you have a fire extinguisher. I'm like, well, man, what you talking about? <laughs> There's rain falling from the sky in buckets. What do I need a fire extinguisher for? And the first thing out of your mouth is, what happens if you get a gas fire? And I'm like, I didn't even yeah. think about that. And I have gas in my house. Right. <laughs> well, and I think there's, there's this, this public perception that they have an expectation that our first responders 
are supposed to respond during a hurricane. And that's not our primary function is, is in the, it was really the after the, the aftermath, you know, the, the damage control after the trees have fallen on the ground, the power lines and stuff. Because another thing a lot of people forget, you know, when you have those high gusts of wind and heavy rain, visibility is almost next to none. And we're not going to put our fire trucks on the roads where our drivers are not going to be able to operate sure. safely. Uh, and, and also our fire trucks, believe the even though they're heavy, they, they have a high center of gravity. And when you have heavy winds, you know, we're talking sometimes 60, oh, 70, 80 miles yeah. an hour, that could could have an impact on a truck. If you know? it can so, toss a semi over, it right. can toss a fire truck Absolutely. over. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially one driving down the road making a turn or something. Right. So that's why it's really important. We we try and advertise, you know, especially you, you know, getting information out to the public to, to evacuate and get out as quick as you can. Because once you're in that 24 hours, uh, you're you're you've committed. You know, yeah. you're you're done after that. You're so riding it out, but you are riding it out. So um, as a person who made that mistake one time during Hurricane Ivan, boarded up in a house, not being able to see outside. Uh, I have some really large oak trees on my property, and a branch the size of a tree fell out of one of them. All I heard was the crack and the bang that shook the whole house. Mm-hmm. Didn't know. Obviously, it didn't land on the house. Had no idea what else it did, and had no way to check it out. I mean, it's this is a it's it can it's I'm a grown man. That's kind of frightening, right? Uh, what are you going to do if there's a tornado? Are you going to get in your bathtub? And that's going to only do you so much good. Right, absolutely. <laughs> you know, like so. So I'm just going to stress this. I'm going to sound like a broken record, but if you have the means to evacuate, evacuate. If you have the uh, a means to get to a shelter, please do those things because everyone's safety is our number one priority. Our first responders and our citizens and surrounding community. Now, that being said, we are still taking emergency calls. So if you make an emergency call, dispatch is still going to take that call. They're still going to log that call, and when it is safe. For us to go back into operation, I assume, and, and that's assuming that uh, phone lines work, yeah, cell towers work, right. Mm-hmm. And that's another consideration to to take is, uh, am I even going to be able to contact emergency services Absolutely. if if yeah. things get really bad? Um, one of the, one of the things me and Corey were talking about earlier is that uh, we've both been here about fourteen years, and luckily, knock on that wood again, uh, we haven't had a major incident like that. Uh, people, we, we have a lot of new residents, a lot of a new lot, people yeah. that live in Florida or that have moved to Florida in the last decade. They don't know what 80 mile an hour sustained winds are like. Right. Um, you just said that, uh, you were here through Ivan. Um, that that's, that's a, a sound you don't forget. Mm-mm. Um, Wind and whipping around yes. in a cat three it, at about yes. 120 miles an hour. <laughs> I, I have a very um, distinct memory <laughs> it's, of, it's 110, uh, I think of Opal this. coming through. Oh yeah. Back, yeah. We left for that way, one. <laughs> way back a long time ago and it hit in the middle of the night and there was nothing you could do except for listen to that, that whistle, that howl for hours as it made landfall. And, uh, I, I would definitely advise anyone that has the means to evacuate, to evacuate when, when that time comes. Absolutely. And, and if they're not going to evacuate themselves, at least evacuate your family, get them out of yeah. there. Uh, you know, one thing that we learned from Michael, Michael, you know, even though we didn't take a direct impact from that, is that we learned the complacency of Floridians, especially in our area. You know, we're, we're all like, oh, you know, all the, the recent hurricanes we've got, not that big of a deal. Uh, I remember I was managing our, our, our Facebook page prior to Michael. As a matter of fact, Michael had just developed in the Gulf. I mean, it was several days out. And I remember a citizen posting on there, you know, 
you know, you guys, the fire department are always overstressing things sure. and, and over analyzing things. It's not going to be that big of a deal. And then sure enough, it ended up becoming one of the worst hurricanes that at least Florida's ever seen. So yeah. well, absolutely um, devastating to Bay County. And, right. And, uh, I can't presented a right lot of issues. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it, it, it wiped out completely wiped out Mexico beach. Yeah. yeah. Like nothing. Yep. I mean, the state ended up sending in uh, search and rescue teams and task forces and stuff because, you know, that's another thing after hurricanes, you know, you think, okay, some trees fall or whatever, but, you know, Hurricane Michael was so devastating, roads were literally ripped. I mean, asphalt was ripped out of the ground. Mm -hmm. So you're presenting, you know, access issues for first responders, uh, collapse issues for, you know, like houses that have been damaged so bad that they, they could collapse on on first responders so it's it's not only is the hurricane extremely dangerous but the aftermath is very dangerous as well you know leaking gas and stuff like that as well sure and that so that takes me right right into the next thing here um which is you know uh that's when we fully jump into action as government Mm -hmm. uh us and then first responders i mean we're all government right civil servants but it's after that storm right so so the and and despite what some people may think i mean as soon as we get the order that it's safe enough for us to go we're out going you know we we're are. we're checking structures uh responding to those calls that came in you know mm-hmm. um checking for power lines checking for the gaps on roofs doing I mean, all of those things so so once that gets going we go into action so then so i so i'll start with um uh, Brian, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, what what does that look like for PD um, once once you guys are back on the road after a storm? Like, what's some of the first things that y'all do, other than obviously checking on anyone that might have had an emergency call? Just preservation of, of life and uh, just basic emergency functions. Uh, find a need, fill a need is a good way to look at it. Anything that we can do to help whether it be responding to uh, assistance with fire departments, whether it be uh, just just anything. I mean, really, we are just here to help. Uh, anybody that's available that's awake, even though we're on 12-hour shifts, uh, I'm sure that everybody that's able is out on the road. Yeah. Like I said, we, we haven't actually seen it, luckily, uh, really bad since we've been here. So uh, I haven't personally experienced it, uh, but... I know that that's, that's in our nature is whatever we can do to help if it's grab a chainsaw and start cutting down or cutting up trees and, and limbs so we could have fire trucks pass through, um, any, anything, yeah, anything. And, and is there, is there like a top priority, Corey, for FD when you guys first get back out there? Or? Yeah, obviously it's going to be uh, preservation of life safety. So a lot of times, you know, you, you might, you don't see a lot of fires per se. I mean, it, it's a, something that certainly exists, but uh, typically it's going to be, um, you know, unsafe structures, trees have fallen on structures. Yeah. Uh, body recoveries is something that could be, you know, the, the, the great thing about on the law enforcement side and our police department does a great job of is uh, typically right after when the conditions are, are tenable at that point, uh, they're really good at going out and scouting the area, locating areas where roads have washed out. So, you know, we can he, block off. I mean, okay. Not to give all, not, not to take any credit from PD, but public services does a lot of that too. Those yes, guys are they out do. There, Absolutely. Um, they do. Go and go. I'm just, I got No, they, they, they <laughs> help out with a lot. I mean, you know, they have the heavy equipment, the, the, the tractors and stuff that they need to move dirt and stuff like that. Well, I just mean riding um, roads too. And, and so, riding yeah. roads. So PD's riding roads, public services is riding yeah, roads. Like I mean, a police officer doesn't know how to 
cap off a water break. <laughs> right. No, you know, you're, we need you're everybody. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely an all all around effort from from all of the municipal uh, entities that are involved in that. And and uh, you know, from the fire department side, our main focus again is going to be that life safety aspect. Right. Uh, Obviously, of, I mean that's what part of what makes you guys first responders. Right. Sure. Search search and rescue, and if it's a large enough event like Hurricane Michael was. We're going to be coordinating through the emergency operating center in Niceville, and then through the county, through the state. Yeah, yeah. From, from so from the county level to the state level to activate task forces that are already going to be on standby anyway, mm-hmm. and then they're going to come in and they're going to provide that manpower, resources, equipment, stuff that we need. We have a we have our own water rescue team that that uh, is going to be on standby as well. So um, we're, we're we're pretty well equipped to you know meet that need. But again, we get those resources from the state as well to help. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think Okaloosa County does a pretty decent job overall. Um, you know, we you're you're so I want to touch on something that you mentioned. Um, so we 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 got about about eight minutes left here, so we got some time to talk about this a little bit. I'm gonna scold every Floridian for a moment here. <laughs> um, you're right, it has been uh, Ivan since we had a bad storm. I mean, there's some people that moved here. They're like, oh, we survived a hurricane because of Sally. <laughs> I'm not going to take anything away from some of the people that lived in the low-lying areas and mm-hmm. had their homes destroyed from all the rain from Sally and, and things like that. I'm not going to, you know, and Sally got pretty bad up uh, north of us, too, because of all the rain, because it was a slow storm. It's a heavy full of rain, did a lot of flash flooding damage and things like that. But um, as you spoke about, Michael, that was absolutely devastating, right? So Ivan was not thankfully dropped back to a cat three before it made landfall. And uh, I believe that's correct. Um, I, We're going to go, go with yes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it dropped down to a cat three before it made landfall. Um, but uh, the, the point that I'm trying to make is it's, we have this tendency as human beings. I think it's just maybe I'm going to wax uh, philosophical here and do some pseudoscience, but uh, I think it's just part of our nature to kind of like move past things that can be a little bit rough on us, so to speak, in our mind, because mm-hmm. the idea of just living with the thought of at you know a cat five every summer is just something we can't process <laughs> on a regular basis. So we do get complacent. Mm-hmm. We do get that attitude of. Eh, it's not going to hit us. It's going to go somewhere else. We see the 15 spaghetti string models. Right. And, you know, we're like, we're only two of those, so we'll be fine. And, you know, um, and, and everyone's overreacting. And then you're like, you see the people at the gas station, me, because I go get gas two days before because I don't want to stand in the four and a half hour line. You mm-hmm. will also see me at the grocery store a little bit ahead of time. Actually, my wife now, she preps earlier than that. But I used to go, you know, they're like, oh, there's one down there around the Keys. That's when chances buying some Chef Boyardee and some beans right. and some some chicken, you know, not the like the others that can't eat those kinds of things. Um, so what? So I don't end up using it. I have it through the rest of the hurricane season or whatever. You know, I'm prepared to deal with it because I've I've been through Ivan. I've been through Opal. I've been through two weeks of no power on the back end, and that ain't no fun. No, and, it's not. Uh, it's you know, camping's fun for a couple days, <laughs> but after that, I don't enjoy camping very much. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but my point is that that complacency is what gets you with anything, right? So, so remembering that when your local government, when we're saying, "Hey, sandbags are available," hey, you know what? It might be time for y'all to to start evacuating. You know, hey. <laughs> in about four in about four or five hours, there's not going to be any emergency services. So 
do what you need to do now, you know, get to shelter, get to what, you know, um, don't, don't wait, you know, like when it's out there, start paying attention to it, take some responsibility and go, cause we're, we're putting information out. The County's putting information out. The state's putting information out. And I don't care where Jim Cantori goes. That doesn't mean that's where the storm's going to go necessarily. <laughs> and I get that. And I know, man, I boarded up my house and then we were on the good side of the storm as right. in the West side of the storm. So we don't get it as bad. Just be grateful. You know, don't be salty because you overprepared or something like that. Be grateful that you are on the West side of the storm instead of the East side of the storm, you know? Um, but it's hard because it's 14 years. There are a lot of people who have moved here. So for some of them, it's kind of exciting. There is nothing exciting about a hurricane. I promise you there's, <laughs> I mean, it might right. be adrenaline inducing, but it's not exciting. And the, and martial, not martial law, but curfew is not exciting. Watching, you know, uh, the national guard roll through town because people won't stay at their house after mm -hmm. the curfew is put in place for their own safety, by the way, it's not because no one wants you to not have fun. You know, we, it, so we want those people so to be you, here to help us. So you talk about, um, uh, the information that, that we put out, sure. like, listen, um, I think that's a good opportunity maybe to, uh, to tell everybody, um, how they can get that information. Yeah. Oh, you mean now you want me to tell them now? <laughs> just my best one, Brian. So, well, first of all, you know, obviously our social media yes. of police departments, fire departments, and city halls. Mm -hmm. Now, you will notice uh, during a full storm that usually fire department's going to get quiet, mostly. Police department's going to get relatively quiet. So yes. you can focus back on me, city hall, because I am there like a weird uh, computer nerd, and I will usually have like four screens around me, mm -hmm. two computers going at the same time, <laughs> and a phone going all at once, um, trying to keep everyone updated as best that I can, as fast as that I, as that I, as I can uh, to things that are happening. Um, obviously, there's a certain point where we're just hunkered down and we're not getting much information either, so it's going to get a little bit quiet, but I do the best that I can with that stuff. Um, and that's that's going to be on our social media. That's going to be the best way to do that with us. You know, your local um, uh, TV stations and radio stations are going to go as long as they possibly can right. um, before they're not able to put that information out anymore either. And then obviously, if you've paid attention to uh, the video that um, Captain Winkler and I did, uh, a storm radio and you got an AM storm station. They're very strong. Uh, usually a storm radio has a big red indicator on where that station is. Mm -hmm. I do not know the number off the top of my head. Does it know? Okay. Sure. So we're not going <laughs> to, sure but you crank that bad boy up It you can put batteries in it too, but you can crank it up with your hand and, and keep it going as well. And you, you get the, it's an annoying robot, but <laughs> it lets you know if there's tornadoes. It lets you know if there are um, flash flooding. It lets you know what the winds are, the speeds, the sustain, the gusts, all those types of things yes. if you end up in that situation. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, so so pay attention to those things. We're a great resource. The county's a great resource because the EOC is going usually during one of those storms like that, and they're just as active as I am, um, and we're all sharing information and in, in, in throwing that back and forth. Um, now, so we've got a, a couple minutes left. Is there anything from a public safety, uh, point of view that you two want to make sure, you know, that, that our citizens know, um, after the storm? 
you know, and this isn't necessarily after the storm per se, but just more of overall, you know, we're not, when we're giving out information and we're not trying to scare people, we're, sure. we're, we're just wanting people to be, to be vigilant more than anything. And I, and I, I think back to Michael, I know we talk about Michael a lot, but that was really the most recent devastating, right. yeah. most devastating hurricane we've had in a while. And I was working in the emergency operating center. And I remember just before hurricane Michael came ashore, it, it, the pressure on it dropped and it, the, the, the uh, wind speeds and everything had increased tremendously over a very short period of time. So it goes back to that complacency of, you know, you may think that, oh, it's a, a Category 3 now, and then within an hour it may become a Category 5. And, and we, we've been talking about through the, throughout this whole thing that that's not the time to start considering leaving and stuff. So um, definitely be vigilant. And, and, you know, National Weather Service is a great resource. When we work at the Emergency Operating Center, usually the National Weather Service is giving briefings like every other hour as far as what's going on. So pay attention to what your local government's telling you. We're not trying to scare you. It's we're, we're, we want you to be safe. Yeah. Uh, plan ahead, plan ahead and plan ahead. Uh, we started off the conversation with, uh, what do we do 24 hours prior? Uh, the answer is don't go to Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> you should have done that yeah. 72 hours Walmart ago. Walmart might already be closed by then. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to have anything on the shelf no, uh, they ain't gonna and be it's going to be a traffic jam. Yeah. So, so if we, if we, if we do plan ahead, when you plan ahead, that helps you on the back end too. So if you have your fuel, if you have your ice, if you have your food, if you have your evacuation plan, um, all of those things in place, dealing with the aftermath of the storm isn't nearly as difficult um, as it is. You know, there's a few other things, like someone will get into it, the, your medication for, you know, a couple of weeks, dog food Hygiene for a couple products, of weeks. Yep, I mean, things you wouldn't even normally think yeah, about. Right. right. Um, but uh, so... So that so that's what we're that's what we'll leave it with, right? Um, uh, don't be complacent. As the I can't remember which insurance company it is, but you know the what's the it's the actor. What is he? Chaos or something like that. Whatever he is, I don't know. He's there's this crazy stuff and he's in the Allstate there. commercials. I believe it's Allstate. Yeah. The guy that the mayhem. Yeah, mayhem. Yeah, that's mayhem. it. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. one of the best ways to fight that is to plan ahead and prepare. Right. Because you can't prepare for everything, but you can prepare for things that we know will will possibly happen yes which is going to be high winds and rain and down power lines and no power and possibly boil water notices and some of those other kinds of things so potable drinking water you know all those kinds of things so prepare for those things um we're over 30 that's okay i don't mind um uh i, I want to say a couple things first i want to say thank you so much to both of you for taking the time uh to come in and talk about you know our first responders and of all course that. Also, I just want to say as a, as a citizen, um, just to both of you, um, to the fire department and to the police department, I really appreciate what y'all do because I don't want to be a police officer and I don't <laughs> want to be a firefighter. All right. I mean, I just, I like a good, I like a good fire. I like when people follow the law. I don't want to have to put fires out, and I don't have to make people follow the law. I, I thought every I thought everyone wanted to be a fireman. <laughs> there you go, right? Yeah. Both, you know, no, man, I didn't do that. The police good. officers, they well, want to be firemen from time well, to time. I think what happened to me was when I was about seven or eight, I think, the movie Backdraft came out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had no interest in firefighting after that, no. let me tell you. <laughs> and, and, and I can tell you this, Chance, you know, you, you doing the podcast, I'm not much of a, a techie podcast guy, and you do a great job with them, so, you Absolutely. know, you keep doing that, and... Uh, you know, you're doing a great job as far as oh, informing you. the public and stuff. So that that's a great uh, example of you know of us following what our city mission is. You know, one city, one mission sure. of all of us working together and bringing that 
as uh, bring it all together as one one group working yep. together. Love so. It. so again, thank you both. I just want to say, um, even if they cut this part out, uh, thank you to WAZ, WJSB for playing these on the radio for me on Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. As I said earlier, if you're listening at 7, you're probably doing it on purpose, but that's cool because I like that anyways. As always, you can find our podcast just about anywhere uh, that you would um, listen to a podcast. It's free. Um, Spotify, Amazon, Audible, uh, iHeartRadio, Pandora, uh, Podbean, which is where we originally started. You do have to download their app. You can also always listen to it for free with nothing but a browser right there on the homepage of our website. And there's a player embedded there. Um, all, all the catalog should be there if you get really bored or need something to help you sleep. <laughs> <laughs> or, um, or you can actually download those episodes, and if you have an audio player on your phone or something like that, you can listen to them later on whenever it's convenient for you. Um, I'm going to say it every single time, and that is your local government has more of an impact on you uh, than state or federal. I promise you, I guarantee you, bet me money, I will win it every time. I will take that bet every time. Um, they have a huge impact on your daily life. Uh, a lot of it you don't even realize at first, uh, but if you start um, coming to council meetings, you'll notice, or you can just tune in on social media <laughs> at city of Crestview. Um, be sure to follow the fire department as I believe that's a Crestview, uh, fire department, right? Yep. Crestview yeah, fire department on Facebook. Is it Crestview police department as well? Or it is. Crestview PD, one of those two things. Um, Great, great sources of information, not just about what's going on with the fire department itself, but some also uh, another place you can find some things that are going on around the city. Um, we got some stuff going up, coming up, but I'm tired and I can't, I can't remember dates and times and all yeah, that stuff. It's been a long day. It's yeah, okay. I, I will say this. There is a ribbon cutting uh, for the splash pad on uh, Wilson, Wilson Street Park right across from Bracken Building. Uh, that's going to be um, Wednesday at 2. Uh, that's the 27th. If you're listening, it's July 27th at 2 p.m. Um, we're going to have the Copsicle Cruiser out there. Uh, we're going to be um, having that splash bag going, and then it'll be going from then on. Uh, other than that, just thank you to all our citizens in the surrounding area that, that take time to engage with us civically. Um, I really appreciate it. I honestly mean that. Anyone that takes the time to listen to these, anyone that takes the time to share their opinion, whether you are happy with us or sad uh, or, or not, um, I we appreciate that feedback. That's government. That's what it's about. So thank you very much. Uh, thank you for listening, and thank you, Crestview. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Civic View. You can hear new episodes every Friday on Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, Audible, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and on our website at www.cityofcrestview.org. Civic View is a public affairs program produced and recorded right here at City Hall and is also featured Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. on WAAZ-FM and WJSB-AM. Our music is recorded, produced, and performed by Scott Holmes, and you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at City of Crestview. And with that, I'll say be safe, Crestview, and I'll catch you next time.